So we saw the preparation of Barak and his army for war. And Sisra heard about it. Sisra gathers his forces. And he comes to meet Barak and Hartavar. So we're holding in Perak Dalet, Pasuk Yudalet. And the Pasuk says, V'toymet Varel Barak. Dar who was there with him, like we saw previously. So she says to Barak, Kum, be the first to fight. So Barak, even though he had mobilized the thousand people that he had with him, the ten thousand people he had with him, and he could have waited for Sisra to approach him. And the Barak tells him, no, you you take the offensive. Barak, today is the day that Hashem has given Sisra into your hands. The Targum explains that the Malach of Hashem has gone out in front of you to, to fight the war. And therefore, what we're going to see that uh, really Barak's uh, involvement in the battle was at the most to go through the motions. That really this, the victory was from Hashem. As the Tvara told him, the Malach of Hashem went out in front of you to fight. So Barak was in Tzvidavah, and he goes down towards Sisra from Hartavar with the 10,000 people with him. Why are you going to in the first place? Why don't you just go straight? Right. And therefore Hashem, there's another one of the parallels between at the fight against Sisra and the fight against Paroi, there is also Vayom Hashem Esnachan in Mitzrayim. Which the Mephoshim, they explain it the same way. Lashon Mehuma. It's Lashon of Av. Like they were unsettled, they were shocked, they were taken by surprise. So Hashem does the same thing here to the Sisra. Veskola Recha, Veskola Machane, Lefiicherev, Lefnei Barak. Hashem confuses them all, and therefore, Barak, when he came down, they were ready for him to attack them. They, they had already lost their equilibrium, they had already lost their, their, their presence of man to fight. But here it's Sisra, So Sisra, when he sees that his army isn't fighting, so he, just, he gets off his Merkava and he runs by foot. Now, the two points. Nobody killed them, they just killed each other? It's mashman that both, well, Barak came to kill them, but it's mashman that they had already gotten confused and they were already in, fighting within themselves or unable to maintain, wage a battle, so they were waiting for Barak to kill them. There wasn't a, a milchom in the sense that there was two sides which had to fight each other. And that was, the, like we said, the malach which went up front, that was the, the fact that how Hashem preempted the Barak's arrival by confusing the army of, of Sisra. And how did Hashem do that? So, we, there's a difference in the portion here. We have another time in the Nakhla on that an army of Hashem scared them by letting them hear the sounds of a tremendous approaching force, which wasn't true. But later on in the time of Elisha, the army of Aram, Hashem opened their ears to hear this. They heard this enormous army come towards them. And they were terrified by the what they imagined to be a, a huge force coming to attack them, and uh, that's why they fled. 
the Marie Crown others explained the same idea here. Hashem made them hear these sounds of tremendous battle coming, which is what terrified them. And therefore they started, like always, when people panic, they start killing each other. In the haste to get away or whatever it is, so they don't differentiate between friend and foe, and there's a lot of casualties within the ranks of the same army. That's one way to explain the Pasuk. The other one is what it says, like it says by Mitzrayim. And that is that uh, in the Pasuk by Pari, it says that when Pari and his army went into the sea, so it says, Vayam Hashem Esmachan in Mitzrayim, and that he also, he confused them, he caused them to lose their, their focus on the war, and then afterwards he took the chariots off their wagons, it says, Vayas Esayfan Ma'akavosov, he dragged them along, which means they were no longer able to do anything. They were in a situation where they were being led. There will be another expression here also that Sisha's army were no longer capable of like, deciding what to do to fight the battle. They were being in a situation where they were just basically led more than they were in control of the war. Michilta says over here that just like by Mitzrayim, the, what happened was Hashem confused the Macht of Mitzrayim because he took the wheels of the chariots. So now they were being dragged along the ground like by the horses who were running free and they couldn't control them. So something happened over here. The Tisha's army lost control. Um, and that would be the Pshat, the man stands at the end of the Pasuk, while Tisha got off the chariot and ran by foot because the chariots weren't in control anymore. So he couldn't control the chariots, so he made it, his only way to escape was to run by foot. That would be the one explanation. If the other explanation, why well, Sister got up and ran by foot, is because we see in a number of the wars at the time of the kings that they used to look for the king or the general and obviously focus the arrows or the firepower, so to speak, on the leader. And that's why, if Sister was in his chariot, he would be draw, no, would draw attention to him as being the general. Whereas if he left the chariot and he ran by foot, so that he thought of being conspicuous, they wouldn't recognize him. So whatever the reason is, the rest of the army is, thank you, is unable to fight, and Sisra gets up his chariot and he runs away. Now, the interesting thing is, Barak didn't realize that. And therefore when Barak chases, chases the rest of the army, so he doesn't chase Sisra, he chases the, all the troops and all the chariots which are still there. That's what it says in the Pasuk design. Barak and his soldiers chased, chased the chariots and they chased the, the rest of the, uh, the soldiers, the forces of Sisra. That's the, where they came from, that was the country of Yavin. The entire uh, nation, the entire army of Sisra, all four, there wasn't a single survivor. Whenever that happens in the Nach, we see it as being a special Seat In other words, normally in the course of battle, even though there's a winning force and a losing force, but there are survivors. Right? It's unusual that an entire army to the last person gets destroyed. But there's a certain Seat Dishmai, like, you know, it's a completion, that there's absolutely no one that survived. Let me see over here. Not a single person survived. That was a certain Seat Dishmai that there was, like, like the very originally promised Barak there would be that Hashem would go and fight for them. And the symbol of that is the miraculous nature of the war is the fact that there were no survivors. Now, it's interesting here that the Pasuk in describing to us the nays which happened to Sisra doesn't say more than that. All it tells us is that 
Hashem confused them, and therefore they were unable to stand up to Barak. And as a result of that, um, he was able to chase them, and the, the ranks fell into disarray, and he chased them all to Horish Zagoyim and killed every single soldier. But if you see later on um, in the Shira of Devera, which you're going to see in the next parak, and it's also in Chazal, there was much more to it than that. That there was a, there was a much bigger nest than just that Hashem confused, so to speak, the soldiers. The, like the Apostle is going to say in the Shira, Hashem used the stars from wherever they are in the heavens to find the Sisra. How did they do that? So Chazal explained us in the Gemara Pesachim is that Hashem made, the, so to speak, the heat of the stars uh, affect Sisra's soldiers who were in their chariots. And so they went to cool off in the Nachal, in the river which goes at the base of Haritavar, which is where the army was. It's called Nachal Kishon. And then Hashem caused that the river basically dragged them all away and drowned them. Nachal Kishon Garofa. And this was a new nest. It doesn't talk about at all in here, in the, the depicting the battle to us. doesn't even tell us about this. Like what about the nest that uh, Hashem used the stars and the river to, so to speak, to use, to lure soldiers into the river and then cause the river to sweep them all away and to drown them. Seems like the main focus is on Sisra's Well, that's the next point. But even here, when we talk about the first part, before we get to Sisra himself, we talk about what the Nase Hashem did in the battle. This isn't mentioned. And the question is obviously, why not? So this is when you get to the Shira, and we see when Devara talks about this, why why that was necessary here in this in this particular case, and why it wasn't mentioned Bichal in the first part, when the Torah is, when the Navi is telling us the account of what happened before we get to the Shira. Does it still exist now, Why not? Because that what happened to the army. Now, what happened to Sisra himself? The Sisra Nasparag, like I said before, Sisra ran by foot, which means he, he left his he left his chariots and he was he ran on as, as a single fugitive, which is why they didn't chase him, they chased the, the body of the army. Where did he ran to? El Oil Yal Chever Akeni. He was looking for a refuge. So, we saw before that. The Hebra which was a family of Yisrael, were living in Sananim, which is in the same area as Haratavar, by Kedesh. So Sisha looks there for refuge. He goes to the tent of Yael, Eshet Hebra Keni, Kishonim ben Yavin Melechotzer, Rabbein Beis Hebra Keni. There was a certain peace between the king of Chatzar Yavin and Beis Hebra Keni, which is also interesting. You know, there was even a Be'etzin that were part of Klai Yisrael, and Yavin was an opponent of Klai Yisrael, He'd come to oppress them, but Kenirai, he treated the family of Yisrael differently uh, because they were Gary, whatever the reason was, they weren't really like, born part of Israel. So he made a, since there was peace between them, so Sisra thought that he would find refuge there. It's also interesting that he ran to her tent, the tent of Yael, the wife of Hebra, Kenny, and not that he didn't run to his tent, which we'll see also that's significant. So Yael, Yael plays a game with him. Vatayitza Yael the cross Yisrael vatayimel of Surah Adoni Surah Elai Altira. So she invites him into her tent. So don't be afraid. She covers him with a blanket which is meant to be a refuge for him in case they come to look for him. Okay, so that's the main, what he want, main thing he needed was somebody to hide him basically. And that's what she offered him. That she, she invited him to her tent and covered him with his blanket, and there was meant to be, so to speak, a protection 
Now, the important point here is that we see here again that after she had given the drink, she covers him again. And uh, why that's important to us is because what Yael is going to try to do next, like we're going to see, is to try and kill him. Um, well, if he was able to see her, it would be much more difficult to pull that off. But the fact that he was hiding under a blanket made it that much easier because she, he couldn't see what she was doing. So on the one... That as well, but if a person wakes up and whatever the case is, whether they covered by a blanket, it's harder to see what's going on around it. And that's why, on his point of view, is he was happy to get covered by the blankets because he thought this was his, you know, this is his refuge, so he's going to get protected. But from her, it provided her the necessary, so to speak, uh, way of making making a situation where he wasn't able to witness what she was doing, which gave her the opportunity to try to kill him. Which is going to explain another point also, and that is. Um, we'll see in the next pasuk that she is going to attack him, but with the let's see the pasuk inside. Please stand outside. But she was scared people coming to the tent and search and they'd find him. So she says, stand outside. If people come and ask you, um, is anyone inside? So you'll say no, and then hopefully they won't even come in to look for him. Okay. So she goes outside, and when she's there, it's inside the oil. She's out of the tent, so that's where the tent is pitched. So she takes the peg from the tent. But also, the makavis the makavis was a kind of a hammer which they used to knock the peg into the ground to hold up the tent. So she takes this hammer in her hand also. But also, I love balat, and she comes to him quietly. But and she drives the the peg into his forehead, into his skull. But she falls over the ground, and. Uh, he was sleeping by He faints and he dies. So the way she attacks Sisra is by trying to drive a peg of the tent into his skull. The Gemara asked the question, that's a very strange way to kill somebody. And why she's a sword. Right? And the Gemara says that... Is it possible for a peg to go through a person's skull? Why she's a sword. That's a much more efficient way of killing somebody. The Gemara says an answer that that would uh, be a tilbash. That for a sword is considered a, a man's weapon, and for a lady to use a sword would be a tilbash. And Mashenkin, most people don't fight with pegs, so it wasn't necessarily a, a male form of combat. Now, there were other times when ladies did use swords, and besides of which, uh, in the case where you're trying to effectively kill somebody, right, and there was a need to do that because helping her, so to speak, defeat sister in battle. So it's hard to understand that you'd use a, a less efficient method of killing somebody, which is possibly not going to work, rather than taking the more efficient method and making sure you do a good job. Right, and there's the hub deal. If that's how today, there's a case of a terrorist on the list, right? And uh, there was a lady who had the opportunity to pick up a gun and shoot him, and instead she's going to chase him with a rolling pin. Right, let's say, of course, give a pick up and shoot him. What's the shine? 
Bangladesh, not Bangladesh, it's the Shaykh of the Fascist. So it's happening over here. Sisra was a dangerous person. He was also a general of the opposing army, and they were trying to kill him. So why wouldn't you use the most efficient method? So it's true that Gemara says that, but Lamaise, if you've read the story, it's very simple. He was covered with a blanket. How are you going to get the sword in? It, was much, it wasn't like he was lying there and she could find, reach his neck easily. He was covered under the blankets. And therefore, to use the peg was a much easier way to get to him than trying to, to, to get the sword through all the blankets to get to him. And he made it in the circumstances Sisra was. This was the most efficient way there was to try and kill. Could be. But I know she was worried about him waking up before she got to him. Maybe it would have been a better... A, a bit like, she had more of an alibi what she's doing. There could be another simple reason also. And it's possible, we find out in the Nakh, like we said before, they didn't have swords. It wasn't such a common thing. And if that's the case, it could be this is all she had. It wasn't like she had the option of using the sword or using the peg, and she chose the peg. It could be that's what she was available to. Her. The idea of who sister was and the fight against him, so we'll see why that's so significant. It doesn't just say that he died, it says that he was by Yomus. Which literally means he lost it. Yaf means he got tired or he lost energy. He got weakened and then he died. Now, Barak chased all the army to Haresh Zagoyim. He kills everybody and he realizes he hasn't found Sisra. So now he comes back to chase Sisra in the other direction, right? Because he doesn't know where Sisra's going. So now he never Barak ready for Sisra. Barak comes back to chase after Sisra. Go and I'll show you the person that you want, he comes into the tent, and he has the peg in his, in his skull. It's interesting that she tells him, where do you want him to go to? She wants to come inside, so it should be in Boi Varecho. Now why does, it, uh, why does it say Lech? So again, we'll see this in the answer in the shirat that's also addressed. And then he says, she's dead. And now, and that day, what happened was, they didn't fight the king, but they fought the army and the general was killed. So that day, Yavin was weakened. Hashem says, we humbled him. He brought him down. He was no longer in a position to control Klai Israel. And now the Klai were already on the offensive. Slowly, it took time. That, that they slowly, so to speak, uh, became more more powerful or they became more victorious over Yavin. Until they destroyed Yavin. And the interesting point over here is that that's not considered the echo part of the nest. It took happened later at some later stage that eventually as the slowly slowly Kai Israel, the balance of power shifted until eventually they could destroy Yavin the king. But it wasn't the big nest. The nest was and the fact that the the war against Sisra and the fact that they killed Sisra. And it seems that uh, that was more the problem. Like we saw at the beginning, Yavin oppressed Klai Yisrael. Sisra, what the problem was with him is that, like we said, he was Mubarak Hashem. This is what they bring in the parak that, that they spoke about uh, Sisra. It says, And like we saw there, the Mephosh explained, the Tanchuma says, that, that he was Chosko Raidivreichem. He was the one who used to act a blasphemy against Hashem. And therefore, the, 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 what Klai Yisrael cried out about was against the Chilul Hashem, which was Sisra. The Dvarah, as a Navi, came to conduct the war against Sisra, and the victory was against Sisra. Yavin was like a side, like a side game over here. He happened to be the king, and eventually they got rid of him. But the, the, the whole confrontation was between Dvarah on the one side and Sisra on the other side.
Why couldn't they just kill Sisra? Why couldn't they just kill Sisra? Oh, he was a general. He came with his army. So they did. They first destroyed the army, then they killed Sisra. They couldn't just shot him. Why did it work out that they killed the whole army first? We'll see. There was a Cheshmer Hashem to pay back. But uh, the, 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 the victory was a victory against Sisra. What the Chazal say about Sisra is it talks about a person of tremendously, tremendous proportions. It talks about how big he was and how much he ate and his size. And it's like someone which, I won't say he's a giant, but something which is like much more than an average human being. He seems to be a very, obviously besides being a very powerful person, but also in the Koychas HaTumna. He seems to have been a, a very uh, formidable opponent as far as uh, being able to access you know, whatever spiritual negative Koychas there are in, in trying to attack Israel, which is again why he needed a Nabi. He said it was very rare in the time of Shef and Devin When it came to Sisra, it needed a Navi to be able to stand up to him and, uh, and, and counter, so to speak, the negative influence of Sisra. That's the one point. The other look at it is that we see that Sisra's comp- the whole campaign against Sisra is similar to the, the fight against Mitzrayim and Yamsuf. Just the fact that, like we said previously, that uh, just like the Mitri army was all drowned in Yamsuf, same thing, Sisra's army got drowned in Nachal Kishon. Not only that, the Gemara makes a comparison. The Gemara Psachim says that after all the Mitzrayim drowned in Yamsuf, so the Gemara says Klai Yisrael were scared, and they said maybe we came out of the sea on the one side, and the Mitzrayim came back, came back out on the other side. How do you know that they drowned? So Hashem told the Sire Shul Yam, the Gemara Psachim, and the Sire spit out the Mitzrayim, like, bring it up into the dry land, so that the Jewish people can see the dead Mitzrayim and they know that they're dead. So the sire of the Yam complains to Hashem. And it says, Is it the Derech of a Melech to give a gift and then take it back again? In other words, you've provided me with all these Mitzrayim for my fish to eat, and now you want me to throw them back on the land so that the Jews are considered dead. They're not going to go back into the sea again. So you're taking away what you gave me. <coughs> so Hashem says, Do what I told you to do, and I'll pay you back. So the sire is not happy with that and says, I'm, a servant can come and be tevea from his order. You say you're very back. I'm not going to come and ask you like, where's the payment. So Hashem said, I'm making you orev nachal nachal kishon is the orev, and that's what says nachal kedumim nachal kishon is an orev. This was the, the the guarantor to Hashem's promise. And now, a few hundred years later, the story of Sisra. So now the army comes. Uh, it's the next army in size. It wasn't Hashem was waiting for nothing. This was the next time since Mitzrayim we have such a big army in size, and now they all get swept into the sea, Dr. Kishon dragged them onto the sea, and this paid back the sea more than they deserved, because Avar's army, it says, there were 600 chariots, and Sisra's army had 900 chariots. So that's when they got more than they started off with. That's the, the Hashem paid back extra. Now, so there's obviously, a, it's not just the Midrash, it's like, you know, Hashem had a debt and Hashem paid it back. We understand. What does it mean? The Chazal like this needs a beer. Like what does it mean that, uh, that uh, Hashem borrowed the, the bodies of the Mitzrayim back again and then the sea had to complain about that and the sea wasn't happy to take Hashem's word for it yet to ask for a guarantor. And what's the, what's the significance of this whole dialogue? But also to see why Sisra, like we said, in his army was either the cancer or the completion of what happened with Paris. Okay, so that's what we'll discuss tomorrow.
about these points, about this himself and about his army, and uh, why the other point is not to explain, was at the beginning that the Yad Ishtar Yimko Hashem is this one. He had to be killed by a lady. What's the significance of that also? And then we'll talk about it tomorrow before we start the show.